Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo, Gerald Florgay, and a special guest, one of the newest members of the Phoenix Suns, Jock Landale. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, were, you, well. were you worried they were going to confuse him for Saul? You had to make sure to, <laughs> to get it out of the way first? No, it's just, he's the special guest, so that's the first thing you say, right? Make sure. you don't want to, if you don't want to introduce me next time, all you got to do is say so. <laughs> so right, as well? Well, we promoted it enough. I think they know. Tell, this show is very chill, and we get a little spicy with one another, so feel like free it. to throw some shade. I like it. I will be for sure. <laughs> just don't at Lindsay. She gets a little... Yeah. She, she fights back, so... This is true. Uh, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us today. We're just going to spend a little bit of time. We wanted to, you know, be conversational, but we're obviously going to ask you a boatload of questions. <laughs> so I hope you came prepared for that. And of course, chat, if you guys have any specific questions you want Jacques to uh, answer, feel free to drop them in the chat as well. I think, though, we should start with maybe some lighthearted, get to know you type questions. Let's do it. The easy ones, right? We'll throw you some lobs. <laughs> yep. Do you have a nickname? Oh well, you've I, I, <laughs> that wasn't a lot. In my like bad. a in like a an, an, uh, a clean away. Yes, I do. My friends back home have a bad nickname that I won't say <laughs> okay. on air. But uh, the guys just started throwing around young jock at the facility today. So, okay, okay. Uh, I don't I don't know if that'll stick. Maybe it will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that that'll be it. How do you feel about it? I'm cool okay with, with it? it. I'm cool. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't really know who Young Jock was until I got to America. Yeah. Uh, so Fair. No disrespect to him, but um, yeah, I, uh, I I haven't really listened to his music or anything yet, so maybe I need to do that soon. <laughs> I'm just glad you knew it was a musician, so you didn't call CP3 old CP3. Like, think of <laughs> something going on around the facility. So. No, I'm a bit more switched on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Just, I'm like, not a cool one here, so. So do you have you picked your number? Thirty four is is yeah. retired. Have you picked one? I know that was uh that was a talking point for a while in my in my group chat back home. But uh, yeah, settled on eleven. Nice. Settled on eleven. I'm okay. uh, gonna you know try that out for the year. See what happens. Um, I wanted thirteen, but right yeah steve nash i guess yeah, kind of complicates that yeah. so, actually we had i ran through like six numbers and i was like i want this i want this and it was just like retired 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 and i was like dude what is going on so anyway, can you give me a list of the ones that are available maybe yeah. to choose from then 11, <laughs> 11. any meaning to 11 or did you just get to a point where you're like yeah two ones that'll work uh there are 11 mates in my group chat nice. so okay. we did we did 11 nice tribute yeah um, Everyone's saying 11's a good number, so. There we go. I'm waiting for the slander. I can't see it yet, but <laughs> <laughs> just shout out when someone says something. Uh, do you prefer playing at home or on the road? Um, I prefer playing on the road traditionally. I've, For whatever reason, I always have better games on, on the road. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's probably got something to do with kind of being in a hotel, locked in, in your own world kind of thing um 
when when you're at home you you got friends around you got all that stuff going on so i definitely always play better in you know olympic campaigns and world cups on the road mm-hmm. um i need to turn that around and obviously have some good home <laughs> home court games mm-hmm. uh but yeah, I, I definitely prefer to play on the road. Plus, there's nothing better than like pissing off like an away team and like seeing the fans kind of like silent, go silent. So uh, yeah, definitely that. How much of a trash talker are you on the road? Not not like a, a huge trash talker. Um, I think I'm more just like kind of like will get up and about and kind of in your face, but I'm not going to be like talking dribble to you it's okay. just yeah it's not really i'm not quick enough on my feet for that so uh i'd probably just get outdone like verbally in like one second so nah i'm not too much of a trash talker okay i, I see get, but i get the vibe that like a lot of well, i know for a fact that a lot of the guys on on phoenix yeah. are trash talkers so yes. maybe they'll work it into my repertoire this year who knows speaking of trash talk that the chat's in they're saying jack your mustache much better than our producer shane's mustache so oh, so they're shane. already in on it i would agree with that i would agree with that i'm not biased or anything i would disagree with that <laughs> Sorry, Shane. Uh, Sorry, Shane. Hilarious. Okay, favorite NBA player of all time? All time? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say I'm going to be biased to Australians here, uh, but there was a guy by the name of Dave Anderson back in the day, um, played for the Rockets, uh, played at one or two other teams, and he's a good mate of mine. He's probably the most chilled dude you'll mm-hmm. ever meet in your life and like somehow swindles me into like going out for it. Like if we have a bus leaving for a game, cause I played with him my last year in Australia, we had a bus leaving for a game at say four o'clock. He'd be like, Oh, let's go get a coffee at three forty-five, and like sit down. And he'd be like smoking a cigar before the game. And I was like, I love your vibe, but like we should not be doing this. So uh, DA or, or Bogut, like Bogues has mm-hmm. been a mentor for me for, for years. And, um he's just a he's a great fella rubs a lot of people the wrong way but uh <laughs> i love him I, I like his vibe uh, he's very real and honest and i think that you know you need a lot of that so definitely one of those two okay. do you realize you're actually the third australian center the sons have had luke longley aaron baines and now you i know yeah <laughs> Whereas at least it's not the Spurs where they've had like seven. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, true. I'm, I'm growing higher and higher <laughs> in the ranks. Yeah. Well, you become the favorite real quick. Don't oh, worry. I, I, so. I, I want to know. Nice. You got a favorite food? Uh, I I love sushi. Um, okay. These are lighthearted questions. I'm liking this. Uh, <laughs> I, I love sushi. Uh, I would say apart from that, yeah, not like I, I I just enjoy food in general. So yeah, just go with sushi. I, I shouldn't say this, but before the show, Lindsay was besmirching uh, Vegemite. Do you like? I'm Vegemite sorry. Or? I love Vegemite. <laughs> I know. I, my my best friend is Australian, and she tried. We lived together for like three years, and she tried so hard to convince me, and I just cannot. <laughs> I can't. Does she do like butter, butter on a piece of toast, toast, and then just and then a little Vegemite. bit? I think maybe like she did too much. Yeah. I don't know, but. Everyone messes it up. They think it's like strawberry jam or something. You just like lather it on. <laughs> Not that, that thick. She didn't give me it that thick, but yeah. she 
She did the butter and the toast, and I'm just like, okay. it's just not for me. Yeah, fair enough. It's all right. You, you can hold it against you, right? You can. It's she, fine. she probably didn't want me to say I've come that. Across but, so yeah. many people that hate it, I'm just like, oh, whatever. I feel like it's, it's one of those things. It's the same way though, like when you start drinking a certain type of craft beer, right? You have to acquire and a taste for a taste for it if you didn't grow up with it. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Really? Yeah. That's kind of what I think. You, when you first, when you had your first beer, loved like a it. really strong beer, you loved it instantly. Yeah. It wasn't a little like. No, nah. I think it's like genetics through my dad or something. Let's see. So, sorry, I tried. Um, I failed miserably. All right, since, since we're on food and drink, I'm Italian and I'm offended by Olive Garden. Do you have the same feelings, Outback? What do you mean? What? what? Uh, out, there's a restaurant called Outback here that is. Oh, Outback be, Steakhouse. Yeah. yeah. Never been to it. Never. I don't think I ever will. That's how I feel as an <laughs> yeah, Italian too. Yeah. With that, with that. Yeah. Same. So. Yeah. Uh, so we know it's not Young Jock, but who do you listen to before games? Um, I'm very. Uh, I transition through playlists a lot. Mm. Uh, I had a I had a monster phase last year where I was listening to a band called Hilltop Hoods. Okay. Uh, Aussie band again. Um, I would say that, I mean, obviously, like the Drake and stuff, I always kind of throw that around. ACDC is another one that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I move through a lot. And then there's like, you know, there's like EDM type okay. music I move through, but like I couldn't tell you who they are. I just <laughs> yeah. kind of like, like the song and never even bothered to see who the artist is. So, yeah, I, I move, I chop and change a lot. At a certain point, I feel like the EDM sounds kind of the same after a while yes 100%, hey now 100%. hey 100%. EDM might, fan? no but you might <laughs> piss off some people yeah. I, I do like edm and certain things but shane will be mad at you for saying that Fair gerald yeah, you can live through this stat it is a stash trash talk <laughs> i love that our chat like knows no aussie groups they're like men at work come on guys put in some effort here That's, you, know? you gotta be better than that acdc is australian not many people actually know that yeah um check out hilltop hoods though they're great they're, okay. they're really good our chat so far i think they have fallen in love with you so in the 11 <laughs> minutes that you have been on the show with us i think i've seen more comments from people being like he's my new fave he's gonna fit in i love this guy wait until so. i stop being a dickhead <laughs> i think that'll actually make it even better for them i think they'll love you more let's not pump them up too they said that about Dwayne washington jr when he was here yesterday too so Dwayne's cool. Dwayne, Dwayne's a good guy though so i like Dwayne as well yeah all right uh are you an instagram or a twitter guy more uh i like instagram a lot more i like the visuals of it but I do hop on Twitter occasionally and and uh, see what's going on in that space. I think it's comical what people come up with on that on on Twitter. Do you it's ever just, clap back? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My agency tried to tell me to relax on it a few years ago because uh, I was over in Europe and I just I was so bored. And the fans out there, like I love them to bits. The the, the Serbian fans were the best, but. Sometimes they'd just be so irrational, and I'd just be like, you know what, like fuck this, I'm going back at these guys. So. At that point, they told me to relax, uh, but now it's kind of I really I really pick my moments with it. Mm-hmm. Like I had a guy the other week who was telling me I couldn't say San Fran because the locals call it like Frisco or SF. <laughs> oh yeah, and I was just like San Fran, it is. <laughs> Sticking with that, and like whatever. Good, we hate Warriors fans around here, anyways. <laughs> so we're good to go there. Uh, Xbox or PlayStation? Not a huge gamer. Okay. Uh, I would. I used to play 
uh, PlayStation though. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't let Devin and and DA know that you're not much of a gamer. That's, really, they're that's huge gamers. Oh, they're huge gamers. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they faced off in the NBA player tournament for 2K in the uh, in the finals. They they during have the, that. They did it during the pandemic when yeah, right. everybody's locked down. So yeah, they played each other in the finals. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're bad. both really uh, good. All right, this is a tough one. Greatest TV show of all time. Greatest TV show. What do you mean by that? Like your, your favorite, favorite or what you think is oh, the greatest. best. Greatest. I yeah. thought you said greatest. Oh, no. Sorry. Greatest. Uh, greatest. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Vikings. It's a good show. That's nice. a great show. Um, I've also, what else do I get around a lot? Um, trying to think. Peaky Blinders. Uh, I like Game of Thrones, but like it was just so like everyone loved Game of Thrones. And mm-hmm. then I was like, hey, have you checked out Vikings? And not, everyone was like, no. Like, this is the bit. And I was like, well, Vikings is my favorite. So uh, one of those two. Uh, or yeah, prob- prob- probably those probably those two. I, th- I know there's another one. I just can't think of it right now. Um, but yeah, Vikings is definitely like up there. Vikings was a good one. I heard though that in, because when I watched it, it was during the pandemic, and I heard here in the States, they like kind of, dumbed down the violence a little bit so it wasn't quite That's as tragic. good yeah the early seasons where there was like the mm-hmm. most gruesome and brutal were the best <laughs> yeah like, that was crazy that seems counterintuitive in the united states they dumbed down it, the did, it did seem kind of it's probably a good idea <laughs> i'm australian uh, stay he's out like of leave me out of this yeah. thank you yeah. we do have a question from the chat they want to know if you have any pets Pets? Yeah. yeah, I got a I got a dog, a uh, golden retriever. Her name is Navy, and all Americans think I'm saying like Navy or something. <laughs> Just like the color Navy, mm-hmm. um, or like the military Navy. So uh, we got her. Um, we got her at the start of the year. I think we want to get another one because your backyards here in Phoenix are bigger than the house, as I was saying before. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we're looking to get another dog. Um, I think we want to rescue one, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will, yeah, we will got to go in and, and figure that out. So hopefully in pretty, you know, like in the next next month or two, we'll have a second second pup. Yep. Nice. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into a little bit more of your backstory? Don't worry, we'll come back to it. We'll, we'll wrap up with some of that too. Right. But I know Gerald right. specifically really wants to know some me, things Gerald. about you. Yeah, so I was kind of fascinated when I was, you know, reading – and listening to some of your interviews in the past that you actually didn't start playing basketball till you were 14. Is that true? So I did, I, I, I did camps like kids camps, you know, mm. like when you as a kid and you're trying to discover what you want to do and blah, blah, blah. I was like, Oh, my parents threw me into basketball for no reason. We have no history of basketball in our family. Nobody in our family is really that tall, mm. nothing. So they were just like, you should try it out. And I used to hate it. Like really? I used to <laughs> kick and scream and be like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. Cause I just wanted to play football, uh, AFL football, the, uh, the the local sport back in Australia. I wanted to do that with my mates and, and play a little bit of cricket as well. Um, but I had no interest in basketball. So uh, I went to boarding school and they didn't have a high school team. So in Australia, we don't have like high school basketball. It's not a thing. There mm-hmm. is, but it's like, it's terrible. Right. So um, I didn't actually start playing proper basketball until 14 like i did a camp or two when i was younger but like didn't really like ever take it and and and, uh play like you know games and stuff until Mm. i was kind of 14 okay 
uh, might have even been 15. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was one of those. It was around that age, uh, my, my sophomore year in high school. Um, so, yeah, kind of like started late. I, so our freshman year, the, the, the high school I went to was kind of crazy. So <laughs> our freshman year of high school, we have a campus that's up on the side of a mountain in like the wilderness in Australia. Okay. And you're put into units of like 12 people uh, and units like a hut. Sure, and there's no sports at that, that at that level of uh, school. It's just you're you're literally up on that mountain, like cutting wood to heat the water for your hut. Like oh, wow. that's what we're doing. So we had twelve guys, and we would rotate through a job list. Now one of them was you know you had the week week off, which was the best. Then you had like unit leader. Um, you had a guy who had to go out and cut firewood bring it back to the hut and then you'd have a guy who'd get up every morning at 3 a.m. and like stoke what we call a boiler. So you, you just kind of put like wood and light it up and heat up this water that then feeds the showers three hours later. <laughs> so if you're on that boiler duty, you are up every morning at 3 a.m. Heating, heating, uh, heating all the water up. So I was out there doing that for my freshman year uh, and I was like fat when I first got there. And then that's where I learned to love physical activity because um, – and this is kind of how the basketball thing, you know, spawned is we, we would hike uh, in the first. So we were, we were doing terms out there, not semesters, but we would hike uh, once a week over the weekend from it'd go up to like three days, kind of like, you know, probably like 40, 50 miles. And then by the end of the year, um, we were hiking six days for like 120 miles or something like that. Oh my God. And so it was like our weeks were kind of like the whole idea is they want to, they want to teach you how to like love physical activity and be independent, work within a team at the same time. Mm. You can't have phones. You can't have computers. Like you shut off from the world on the side of this fucking mountain, <laughs> just like fending for yourself. They do, you know, they give you food and you're not hunting and stuff, right. but like, um, you're like up there and then your first term and your sick and your fourth term, uh, you're running twice a week. One of them's like a short run, which is like probably like two miles tops. Other one's a long, long run, which kind of works its way up to probably like six, seven miles. And as you progress through the year, uh, you do three runs in the second and third term a week. And by the end of the year, you run a half marathon up and down a mountain. <laughs> and it's oh like, God. it's crazy. So that was like the year that I just like shed all this weight. And I was like, and that's when I kind of like started to hit puberty and, and like have these crazy growth spurts. And I was like, shit, I'm pretty big. I got to do something with this height. <laughs> so then that we were like, what about basketball? We'll try that again. We tried footy as well. Uh, but like within the matter of like three weeks, I tried rowing footy and basketball and like hated rowing like yeah. cut my hands up and i was like i'm never doing that shit again <laughs> first time i was like rowing like five minutes into the row i dropped the oar and i said get me out of this boat i'm done <laughs> then footy i loved but i was just like it just wasn't for me like and i'm thankful for that because i'm just too tall for it mm -hmm. and then uh basketball was the one we settled on and that's worked out pretty well so yeah. so if somebody complains about training camp do you just laugh you're like <laughs> i was on the side of a mountain literally carrying wood like shut up about training camp uh nah because like <laughs> my body hurts as well these days so yeah. uh, but like training camp in the nba ain't that bad compared to what we do out in like what i did out in europe like europe is a bloodbath it's like two two practices a day three to four hours sometimes it's just like per like per session it's mm -hmm. crazy so um 
like I definitely like have relaxed into this a little bit and found it's like a lot better. But they do such a good job in the NBA of like giving you that leniency to like, okay, training camp's training camp, but you have a lot left in the tank to go work on your game like by yourself. So yeah. like I think that they're miles ahead in that regard, you yeah. know. So I've heard that you have kind of an interesting story about a time that you broke your wrist and then that was that year that was the year yeah so that's when we we started that's that's when we decided to play basketball so the end of the third term so the third term you you cross country ski uh, uh, you learn to cross country ski uh because you know the mountain we're living on and all the mountains around you are covered in snow that so you're living in the snow at that point um and there's a one of our best ski ski resort mountains in australia is mount buller and it's so i'm on mount Timbertop. And then the next one across is Mount Buller. Okay. And so we would just take a bus out of the school, down the mountain, head head up to Mount Buller. And the the last, my mum loves this story because she thinks <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. But she's, uh, so the last week, uh, the, the last ski session in the last like 20 minutes, we're literally coming down the easiest run on the mountain. And it's this icy day because we don't get really get powder like America and Europe and stuff. It's just majority of it's ice and sleet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're coming down and there's just like fog everywhere and there's a huge boulder of ice just in the middle of the um, the runway and I just clipped an edge on it and like turned around going back down behind Ooh. and I fell back and my pole got caught between my wrist and my bone and just like Ooh. it hurt and I went to push off to like get up and my arm just kind of caved and my bone came out. So like fully just like compound. Oh, actually, it wasn't compound but my, my arm was like at like an angle. Oh, your mother loves this story. Yeah, because because <laughs> she was like apparently onto her on her phone to her friends. Like I'm so thankful. Like you know we've gotten through ski season without any because she had a bunch of ski injuries. <laughs> Got through ski season and then like 20 minutes later gets a phone. Hey, your son's like f- like cooked his arm. He's gonna have to come <laughs> home and get surgery. Blah blah. blah. So. I ended up going back uh, to get. No, sorry. I put a. They put me in a cast. They kind of like realigned my bones. I went back six weeks later, got an X-ray, and they were like, "Yeah, your wrist is like screwed up. Like you're gonna end up like this, and it's just kind of all gonna seize up if we don't realign it." Mm-hmm. So I had to go and after six weeks of like setting this thing in a cast, I had to go back in the hospital, and they rebroke it, uh, and then put pl- a plate and screws in it. Um, and then that was another like four weeks after that before I could like really like go back to the school. So in those four weeks, they lined up with the Geelong Supercats doing their their trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just popped in and, and said good day to uh, Rod Boone, who unfortunately he was he was my first one of my first real coaches. He passed away this year, so rest in peace to him. But um, he was the one who was like, hey, let's take this guy on and, and give him a real chance at like the top level of my age group. Like I'd never really like played before and he was like, let's do it. Like you look like you got potential, give it a crack. So um yeah he really opened up the the door for me for basketball and that kind of i went i walked in onto the court with a broken arm and he was like yeah you look athletic like we'll give you a go uh, and that's kind of how it started so Very if your cool. mother never jinxed you and it caused you a broken wrist you wouldn't be in basketball God damn it mom <laughs> <laughs> okay i have i have to go back to the school thing because it sounds kind of like wild but also enjoyable at the same time did you love or did you hate it (laughs) i loved it okay (laughs) i'm real outdoorsy uh you know with the 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 background of the farm and all that i kind of i I love being out 
outside and doing that kind of stuff and i learned to love uh, initially when i was like unfit it sucks mm-hmm. but <laughs> once you got fit and you got through that whole like oh this is so hard phase it was like the best so um yeah it's really hard but at the end of the day you're living like in the wilderness with like your best mates and like the stuff that we got up to was so ridiculous but like it's just so much fun i mean i'm just saying like going skiing like for school sounds pretty <laughs> dope pretty i'm not gonna lie <laughs> forget young jock i think they should call you the mountain the mountain yeah. <laughs> i think that you know based on nah, everything that's taken up with, by somebody else <laughs> we can call you mountain man <laughs> we can do better than that oh we'll, we'll work with it though we'll i love how polite you were that sucks is yeah, fine yeah, yeah, answer yeah. to me you can say that yeah, no <laughs> well i i know that part of your journey has been the chip that you carry on your shoulder from not being drafted and from having to work on your game overseas. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious what went into this process of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play overseas and these are the aspects of my game that I need to work on so that I can prove these NBA teams wrong that all passed on me. Um, that's a great question. So Dave Anderson, the guy I was talking about had a little bit to do with this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just not being like the most athletic guy in the world is a polite way of saying it, I guess. <laughs> uh, like I knew that that trying to keep up with these guys athletically and coming up through the G League or something wasn't going to work for me. Like I needed to to break the game down more and and learn how to outthink guys and out outsmart players on the court and just read the game at the best level possible because I knew that was pretty much my only and best chance of, of making it at this level. Um, I knew I had the fundamentals of like what it would take to succeed in Europe as well. Um, I knew I had a shot before anyone else did and just kind of the post progression and, and the post play that I had, I knew translated really well to, to Europe as well. Um, I didn't realize that I could like run the floor like I couldn't. I could be as elite offensively in a pick and roll situation uh, as I discovered once I got out to to, to Europe. But when I kind of got under the tutelage of, of Andre Andrea Trincheri, who's one of the best coaches in Europe, in my opinion, um, he he really like focused and and honed that craft of understanding how to like think the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really helped me uh and that was kind of my thought process i didn't realize i was going to be lucky enough to play with such, like play for such a legend in europe um and really have one of the best coaches in europe kind of teaching me how to do what i was setting out to do um but i i understood that like going to the g league and trying to you know keep up with those athletes and stuff wasn't going to be wasn't going to work out for me um I also think that there was like a there was a toughness that I thought that I needed to to get, and I wasn't sure I was going to get it here. Um, so Europe really kind of drove like just from what I'd heard about Europe, that really drove my decision making going there. Um, but yeah, it was the gameplay. Like I just knew that I had to learn the game, and I knew that like everything out there is on such a string that like you really understand the fundamentals of basketball and and understand how you know, the ball's meant to carry itself around the court and how defenses, de- defensive schemes meant to work. And it's like, it's so hard to score out there mm-hmm. that like I knew that that was going to benefit me as well because like once you get the, and I really felt that between the first summer league I had and the second one, because the first one I had like two points a game and I came back that second one and I was averaging 20 mm-hmm. and I was just like, 
but it doesn't even like the stats didn't even really matter it was more just like wow there's so much more space in on this court than i realized like last time i felt like swallowed by like just it felt like i had nothing to do it's because i was frantic but then coming from europe i built up a lot of confidence as i knew that like i was really good out there and uh and it just felt like the whole game slowed down and i was like holy shit there's so much space for me to operate here like mm -hmm. um you're not dealing with like the the tight defensive schemes you are in europe and how people kind of operate out there so that really really helped me and yeah i'm uh, I, I can honestly say i wouldn't be here had i not chosen to go to europe at what point did you realize you had to kind of stretch your game, go up beyond the arc and start hitting some of those shots as well? Probably when I, like, didn't dunk on anyone for, like, four <laughs> years in college. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of when I got to college, they, you know, St. Mary's does a lot of shooting and I knew that I had that in my game and that was kind of when the transition to the three-point line, like, really started to, to come into play, so... My coach was always saying to me, like, we've got to get you to start thinking like a four man in college, like, because you're probably not going to be a five in, in the pros. Now, for the most part, I'm still a five because, like, there is a huge advantage to being able to shoot it uh, like I do. Um, so that's kind of worked out for the best for me. But yeah, like, you know, Coach Bennett was really good at just being like, well, yeah, we got to get you to shoot at a high clip. And like at that time, I wasn't really thinking too far ahead because I was just so engulfed by what we were doing in college. And that's kind of the way it is when you're there. Um, but like, I really feel like he had more of a long term plan going forward, which like you don't really realize until you get out and you're like, oh crap, that's what he was saying, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, another guy, Marty Clark, uh, one of the Australian assistant coaches at St. Mary's, was always telling me that stuff as well. He was like, "You're gonna have to, be, you're gonna have to stretch the floor when you become a pro." So, like, let's let's just hone that craft behind the scenes. That's a lot different shooting in practice versus shooting in games. But um, like, there was there was an under there was a kind of kind of like a base of understanding that like, all right, I can shoot the ball. Like, I now I just got to go do it uh, when I get to to the pros and. I got to I got to uh to Serbia and I like my first three games like didn't miss a three and then everyone's like oh this guy's a shooter like let's just get him shooting threes all the whole time and then that's kind of where the transition like really happened and I just started pinging threes. What kind of for those of us who don't play at a professional level, what you guys you don't? Play? Yeah, well, I mean, I tried, but I did right. for a short still, time, okay. but uh, it just, still it just, waiting yeah. on my ten day, but. <laughs> For those of us who don't kind of understand how much work goes into perfecting even something like that, like a three-point shot, like can you paint a picture of us of how you go about just being becoming that much more comfortable as a three-point shooter and the yeah, work that goes uh, into it? I'm not going to have like any secret to it. Uh, it's it's <laughs> on, like, honestly, God, it's just like repetition day mm -hmm. after day. Um, figuring out like, – I like to – to figure out where and how I'm going to get my shots on the team I'm on and then just hone that mm -hmm. craft. So um, for the most part, I, I really try and like fit into the system because it's like that's where you're going to get most of your shots so you might as well be good at that that year. And then it kind of all just like, you know, compiles and you just gradually get better and better as a shooter in general. Mm -hmm. um, but like, you know, at Zalgiris, the, the my second team in Europe, that was my, that was my tougher toughest year shooting because um, they were running me off pin downs as right. a five, and that was like <laughs> hectic. But I loved it. Like it's it's just such a different aspect of the game. So I wasn't used to it at that uh, when I got there. But then when I got to Melbourne, I was like, hey, like 
you should run me off some pin downs. Like, this shit's fun. Yeah. And Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne was like a lot more. Our coach out there, Dean Vickerman, was so great at like having the players have their say. Like, hey, what are you comfortable with, and how do you want to get your shots? And I was like, hey, give me that, give me that thing off some pin downs, and I'll, I'll pocket it. So, um, yeah, started to started to implement like more pin down stuff more uh, throughout those two years, and then I got comfortable shooting off pin downs. So. Um, that kind of stuff is just like I just try and take like a new little facet from each team that I'm on and add that to like my repertoire shooting from three. The transition to like that those extra couple uh, whatever you got what inches feet whatever it is uh, <laughs> you know those that that step out this year was was intense as well because like you don't realize how much harder it is to shoot from literally one step like further back so. That transition took a little bit of time for like I was going in there and I was just like throwing the thing at the rim, just <laughs> trying to get it there uh, for the first like three months. And then I kind of like gradually, by the time I started actually playing at the Spurs, like I was shooting at a high clip. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's just like transitioning into new stuff each year. Um, and and that's kind of, you know, that's how I, I get better is just by adding a piece every year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think Dirk talks about it a lot is just like the 1%, you know, adding one more thing each off season. So that's what I try and do, but I base it on the team I'm at and how they're going to operate with me because there's no point in me going and like practicing a step back if like right. the team's going to be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. you know? So I just, that's how I operate, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the Suns and kind of what like have they shared with you really what they're expecting from you or what your role might look like with them or... Do you have an idea in your head on what that might be? Um, the cliche is, is like, I'm just going to do whatever they ask me to. Um, I don't, uh, you know, it's still early days. I got here like a week ago. So mm -hmm. I, like the conversations have really just started happening. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, talking to Mark Bryant, who's my guy at the Suns. He's a <laughs> legend. Uh, you know, he's, he's talking to me about, they're going to have me operating up from the top of the key and kind of facilitating and shooting threes based off of that. The the thing that I look forward to the most is um, like there are so many lethal scorers on this Suns team because they're a championship contender contending team. I should say we are a championship yeah. contending <laughs> team that um, it's like there's just going to be so much room because everyone's going to be focused on, on, on Book and CP and all those guys that like it'll just leave a lot more room for me to kind of operate out of pick and pop situations and and you know be able to do stuff like that so um yeah i mean I'll, I'll be in the mix there's a lot of bigs right now um but i think that there'll definitely be an opportunity there somewhere where i can just uh you know go out there and, and help because there's not uh you know dario runs the four a little bit more but there's like there's not really a five that has like a, a skill set that I do in in, in Bismack and uh, DeAndre Aiden. So um, just yeah, I'll, I think it'll kind of come through shooting threes, um, and then you know I just got to be, be the best I can be on the defensive end because I know that they value that really really highly here. So the rebounding will take care of itself. I just try and go for everything like a madman, but um, yeah, everything else will. That's kind of how I perceive myself slotting in is just being a guy that can really spread the floor out and, um, you know, hopefully give those other guys more opportunity to operate a bit more freely without having, you know, Rudy Gobert or something like that sitting <laughs> in the paint. Yeah. Right.
So Brian in the chat asked me very nicely. He said, please ask him about what the Spurs and the rest of the NBA feels about the Suns. Before you actually became a son and like really looked into it, what was kind of like the perception of them around the league or since that you noticed anyway? Or was there really any from your perspective? They're, they're pretty good. Like that was <laughs> that was kind of the perception. Um, you know, they, they're really in your face. Uh, you know, we, we felt their presence every time we went and played uh, here in Phoenix or they came to, to our town. Um, the physicality is an underrated one. Like I came out of those Suns games being like, damn, these guys are like, they'd bang you up every game. Um, so that was my my biggest take on it. Uh, I mean, Bismack had a huge part to do with that. I think I cobbed like two elbows from him in the face <laughs> that game. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was a lot of, it was just, you know, their offense and their defense is so tight and sharp that it was just like, it's it's a it's a bit of a headache playing against a team like that because um in the the realm of the nba where things are usually so free moving and and, and a little bit more relaxed these guys are like they're sold on everything they do so you knew going in you were going to have a tough night competing against them because they were just they were tight and all their fundamentals and their defensive coverages were great um yeah, you know, we came to town and we were kind of hurting them with the pick and pop and then they went small ball one through five and it was just like, holy crap, these guys got so many different options. So that's where I felt that they were cut above the rest is that they just have so many different uh, ways in which they can hurt you and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it, yeah. You played – somebody in the chat asked this, but I wanted to – Any, any slander yet? No. Nothing. No. no. Nothing. Hey, screw you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> somebody in the chat brought this up, but I wanted to ask it too. You played for Greg Popovich, and there's a – <laughs> Coach Popovich. Okay. So I, there's a perception. Popovich. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. I slurred it. Sorry. God, now the slander – There you go. like having salt here. <laughs> like uh, – but there's a perception of, of Coach Pop in that you know he can be testy. I've always found him very entertaining in covering him. What was it like to play for Coach Pop? Awesome. Um, it's. I mean, I feel like I can't do it justice anymore because so many guys come out and, and and say what it is. But like the basketball mind that he has is so sharp and just like. Um, being my first NBA head coach, I was like, holy crap, like this guy's unbelievable. And yeah. down the stretch at the end of the season when we were like, we really hit our straps and we were like, all right, we're going to make, we're going to make playoffs. Like that's our goal. Um, he just like came into his, you know, I don't want to say into his own, but like, you know, he, he came alive and I was like, oh my God, this guy is on a different level. So, um, he's 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 demanding in that like you have to keep up with him you know and that's that's tough to do um but uh you know the sphere being in the nba that is it's fast moving there's not a whole lot of practice or preparation time like we're learning on the fly as we go through the games and for me that's so impressive is that like he doesn't need four hour practice to break something down he's just like oh yeah this is what we're gonna do so He's just so sharp and quick on his on his feet, um, and like phenomenal in how he approaches the game. Uh, but then the part the part that everyone talks about is his his away from the court stuff that he that he's doing um, for for the world and, and for Texas right now with everything going on out there is is unreal. And um, his knowledge on just 
anything and everything like his knowledge on the political troubles that are going on right now and then simple stuff like food and wine like you know he sits at his desk and he studies what we're going to go and eat that week (laughs) at a team dinner or whatever so where the hotel is going to be like he's he's studying that going into those road trips um so playing for him it's just like there's some he's got so much stuff going on but he's so good at all of it like it's he's yeah he's phenomenal as you showed by destroying me it seems like your sarcasm can keep up with his <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we we took we took a couple uh couple jokes back and forth to get on the same page yeah. once we got on the same page it was it was pretty funny yeah it, it sounds like you've throughout your career have had a good rapport with your coaches just kind of what's your perception of monty williams now that you're going to be playing for him um yeah, I you know me and Monty we had a um, we had a conversation for the first time out in Vegas, which okay. is pretty pretty short. Uh, just being that it was the middle of a game, and he's kind of locking in on what the summer league thing is. But like I respect that. Like he wasn't too caught up in catching up with me. He was like, hey, I, you know, give, just going to like check out what these guys are doing. We'll we'll catch up when you're in in uh, in Phoenix. So had a couple conversations with him around uh the facility and he's he sounds like a great guy well, you know we, we were talking a bit about fishing sounds like he likes fishing <laughs> he with his little, little ranch out in um in uh san antonio area um but you know like from what i've picked up thus far and, and what everyone else told me is he's such like a player's co- he's he's like one of the guys so mm-hmm. um you know, it seems like he has a great relationship with all the players and, and I've felt that being there, you know, seeing him interact with other people and then interact with myself as well. He's just seems like a great dude. Um, obviously, sharp-minded as a coach. Like, you know, he's he's getting into that upper echelon now as well um, and probably has been for a while. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to play for him just because of who he is and, and how he kind of operates with his players and, um, you know, hope to get along really well with him and and uh you know they're the kind of people you really want to play hard for are the ones that you get along great with and and you know i get that vibe from all the players and and myself personally right now so uh, i'm really excited to to play for him at the suns i had one last one before we move to our last game because yeah, that works. I'm, I'm kind of the film and stats nerd around here yeah so this on nerd so <laughs> as soon as the news broke that the suns had played had traded for you i went through all of your highlights from last year uh, watched your buckets your blocks your uh what was the other one? Oh, assists mm-hmm. there's and a, so there's a lot of other parts yeah there's, yeah, a, lot, there's a lot of other parts but i'm curious do you have a favorite kind of highlight from your rookie year anything that stands like just out. one one play yeah like one play that you were like yeah i'm gonna probably the dunk that i had in new orleans yes right here he's pulling yeah. the clips <laughs> i'm pulling the clips because you dunked on two of them yeah like that was Jonas and jackson hayes that this you is the thing on. man is like everyone everyone shits on me and rags on me for not being athletic mm-hmm. but I, that's like sometimes athletic. i surprise myself with stuff like this <laughs> like i do have it on a if the body's feeling great yeah. so uh yeah i mean that was that was probably one of my favorite um that that whole game was a fun there was a few i I had a I had a great first quarter and then I didn't score the rest of the game. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, yeah, I don't love. Uh, I you seen love that, that Cleveland. One? I don't love that man. Uh, <laughs> I, I the one because you got like, fouled from like behind, and I don't even know if you realized you had gotten the end no, one until after. So I started running up the court and I looked at Bryn Forbes and I was like, 
Was there a foul? You're right. Did I make that shot? <laughs> like, I you're was like... sprinting back. Yeah. Like, what the hell just happened? Uh, but yeah, like I, I didn't like I didn't give myself the time to enjoy that, which is really disappointing. Um, but yeah, that, that's I mean I suppose that's cool. Sne- yeah. Sneaky athleticism is a is a theme on this team. Yeah. That wasn't Booker. athletic, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like grazing that ball above the rim. <laughs> it's better than any of us can do. So. <laughs> the Pelicans dunk was though, to be fair. Yeah, you got, I, you got up I, on I that, like one. that one. I like that one. All right, I, I say two for two because yesterday we asked, asked Dwayne. And I tried to guess what it might be, and I got that one right too. So I'm, nice. I'm on a roll here. He likes to pat himself on the back. So. I should have come up with some random ass yeah. plan. Like the layup I had. Now you know. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna do the whiteboard game. So while you guys get that ready and pass those around, I got to do some ad reads real quick. Mm-hmm. So everyone listening and watching. Make sure that you are entering all of our sweepstakes over at GoPHNX right now. We've got one going on with Four Peaks and OGs. So first we'll tell you about Four Peaks. The winner of our Toast of the Month sweepstakes will get a $50 Four Peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. So go to ph go to gophnx.com or click the link in our show notes in order to get entered into the Toast of the Month sweepstakes. But a reminder... In order to enjoy the beer that Four Peaks makes, you have to be 21 years or older. And we ask that you enjoy responsibly. But this $50 Four Peaks gift card you could use for food and merch at their uh, Tempe Brewery as well. So it's kind of good for the whole fam, really, Mm -hmm. anybody. And then OG's, of course, the Flavoring Life Sweepstakes. One winner will receive three bags of OG's, including the orange creamsicle flavor and tropical flavors. An OG's hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. Again, you can sign up at gophnx.com or click the link in our show notes for more details. Also, you can check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com or on Instagram at ogsbrands. And you can also find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Okay, here's a small disclaimer for this game. (laughs) If any of these questions or answers are incorrect, it's not my fault. It's Google. Okay, Lindsay pulling the curtain back and revealing our research department is literally just searching. I'm just putting that out there. So the game is Melbourne or Arizona. Okay. And then there's some true or false ones at the end because I needed some more questions. Okay. Who has a higher population? Melbourne or Arizona? Arizona or Phoenix? Arizona. I did Arizona because I felt like I just need, I should have. I don't know. So Arizona or Melbourne? Mm. Probably should have looked up how to spell Melbourne. Melbourne you could just put M-E-L. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, there's, there's an E. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. What you guys got? I said Melbourne. All right. Jock wins. Oh, man. Arizona. So Melbourne has 5.1 million and Arizona has 7.4 million. You guys went in with a, a, a city above a state. The question you should ask so I'm not is, did you know it was a city or a state? Yeah. That's what you should ask. Nobody's ever accused us of being all that sharp. All right. Who had the higher max temperature ever recorded for that area? Oh, I'm going to be mad if I got this one wrong. Okay. Arizona. Arizona. I'm going Melbourne. 
Okay, you're not, you're close, but it is actually Arizona. So Arizona was at 128. You're close, Melbourne's highest temperature was 115 and a half degrees Fahrenheit. So it's you will not never that catch far anyone off. saying 115 Fahrenheit about Melbourne. Yeah. Well, that's why I had to make I sure that no I said idea. it was Fahrenheit. What, what is that in, in degrees Celsius? I had it, but then I deleted it. So I don't know. <laughs> but basically, when, <laughs> you. when you, you got here a week ago, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you haven't had a terrible day then yet. No, I don't think we've had 113 yet. <laughs> Not terrible? Well, it's been like hot 107, I think, is the highest. Yeah, so hotter than your hottest day here. 115 Fahrenheit is 46 Celsius. There you yeah, go. right. That's okay. pretty hot. That is pretty hot. Okay, who loves coffee more? How the hell are we measuring that? <laughs> I, have a, I have a stat. Okay, you have a stat. Don't worry, Gerald. I have an advanced stat. Wrong. You guys are wrong. It's Melbourne. Three for three. They oh, had the most cafes per capita. Oh, okay. Like, they love coffee. And I even read that you guys are very um, on point with carrying around a reusable coffee mug as well to reduce yeah, the weight. Yeah, actually, we do have a lot of keep cups out there in, in Melbourne, but... Um, I don't use them to be honest with you. I I was almost gonna grab one on the way here. I love it. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Beer or coffee? Both. All right. Yeah. Together at the same time. No. No. Okay. Finish the coffee at five, start the beer at five oh one. Well, they get you out to four peaks. They got some good beers. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Which place has two of the top rated waterfalls in their respective countries? Hang on. <laughs> we're going to country now and we're not doing Arizona and no it's still it's just out of your entire country that place has two of the top rated waterfalls in the entire country <laughs> listen I have I tried my hey, best state or city <laughs> think about this one I mean what? Come on. <laughs> are there waterfalls here? Where are the waterfalls yeah, here? Where are there waterfalls? It's Grand Falls and Havasu Falls. There's so many waterfalls I here. You leave, I don't leave the city. I'm in the desert. I don't go anywhere else in the state. Didn't we just like, got like two huge waterfalls in Melbourne? Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I tried My to make it easy on you guys as possible. I'm over. You haven't missed yet. This is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Gerald cheated on this one, I FYI, didn't cheat. but who implemented seatbelt laws first, Arizona or Melbourne? Oh, I actually don't know this one. Uh... I listened to the number of letters you wrote, Gerald. I oh think I got this God. one right. He's okay. cheating, not okay. me. You guys are all correct. Hey. No. Melbourne was the very first place in the entire world well. to implement seatbelt laws. They're pretty smart. Yeah. Can I say Google? <laughs> That's why he's well kicking today. our ass at this game. All right, now we have four true or false questions. Okay. okay. True or false? Cutting down a cactus in Arizona is a punishable offense. Okay. Go. True. You guys all got it correct. It is um, a max term in jail for the act is 25 years. What? What? Insanity. You can get up to 25 what? years in jail for cutting down. You know a how much I want to let loose right now? <laughs> Just go cut one down. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. True or false? Until 1966, it was illegal for pubs in Melbourne to be open after 6 p.m. Wasn't alive in 1966, so I'm going to go with true. I said false. It's true. Yes. All right. Two more. True or false? There are wild penguins in Melbourne. 
What you guys thinking? Am... <laughs> I'm not sure about this one. It's true. Yeah. I've I never... thought you would have known no, that I've one. I've never seen one. No, so it's not really <laughs> real? It's no. not really, really true? <laughs> I think you've missed uh, that. <laughs> I think I'm probably right again. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, last one. The Grand Canyon is the most visited national park in the United States. <laughs> Just went with whatever the opposite of yours was. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is false. It's the Shit. fourth most visited. Damn it. Really? Every year, an estimated... <laughs> Estimated 5.9 million people visit the Grand Canyon. So, what, what were the three ahead of it? I Yellowstone. Don't know. I, Yellowstone. I didn't definitely. ask those questions. Sorry, I should have ran this by the research Sir. department first. <laughs> All right, That's good you. job. Yeah. I was. I'm. I'm a little disappointed in you guys. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in myself. I, mean, <laughs> I performed as well as I expected. So this is true. Okay. I think we should wrap up mm. with a handful of fan questions because we did have a few people drop some. Are okay. you cool with that? Yep, let's do it. Okay, Humble Rumble wants to know which NBA player you modeled your game after. Mm. Uh, I always love watching Kevin Love. Um, his ability to stretch the floor and rebound as 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 a you know undersized five. Uh, so probably him. Okay. Uh, legend Joey said, how do you deal with homesickness when moving to the States, knowing your career is so far away from home? How do you cope? Yeah, that, that part sucks. I don't really get homesick, I don't think. I definitely hate that I miss out on, on so many memories with my mates uh, kind of in this prime period of our lives. Uh, hate being away from my family. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I've exciting times. Got a fiancé now and kind of, you know, we've – we haven't got a kid on the way yet, but, um, you know, we're starting our life as a family now. Um, so that's made it a lot easier. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's not easy. It, it does suck missing out on all that stuff, but it's part of the gig. Yeah. Josh Hunt asked where your, fi where's your favorite city to go when playing on the road? And I'm, I'm guessing that's NBA. Yeah. Um, New York. Yeah. I, I, I do enjoy New York. Um, that's where, Again, we, we ended up getting engaged in New York. So um, New York's cool vibe. I, I really like what's going on out there. What's the worst city? Ooh, that's a good one. Just throw me in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we ranked all of ours, so I don't had worry. Sacramento. It was, it was mine. I, was really? yeah. Well, it's like we don't really like get out and see the cities that's half fair. the time. Um, but the places I haven't really gone out and seen anything, are like you know Detroit, I haven't really seen anything of Sacramento. Um it's like you live there. Know. Most people haven't seen anything in Detroit or Sacramento. How much to see? Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't. I, I just haven't really been out a whole lot in those kinds of cities. Yeah. More because everyone else will be like, "Oh yeah, they're you know garbage. Don't even yeah. worry about it." So I'm just like, All right, I'm so just blaming like, everybody else. I like yeah, it. pretty much. Like it. Yep. Uh, William said, "Who did the most trash talking?" And he asked this question when you were talking about playing against the Suns. So basically, who on the Suns did the most trash talking? Yeah, right. Uh, I heard Ish a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I actually love he's that a, He's a chatty guy. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I heard him a lot. He had a he, he kind of changed the game on us that game as well. We came in and they started playing small ball five, uh, small ball lineup. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, Ish was Ish was up and about that night, and he kind of just like he'll kind of like sometimes he doesn't even have to say anything. He'll just kind of like side eye you, like, <laughs> and you're just like this fucking guy. Like, uh, so yeah, Ish Ish I heard a lot. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll stick with that one. Okay, that's yeah. a good one. And then Torin in the chat said rattlesnakes versus typhons, taipans. Have him pick. Laughing face emoji. Have him pick? Yeah. Uh, well, rattlesnakes, uh, what you guys got out here, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and then I, I think for the most part, taipans are pretty like harmless in Australia. We, like, we do have nine of the ten most deadly snakes in Australia. Um, and like on my farm, we've got them like everywhere. And they're, they're a pest. But... <laughs> Um, those king brown, those brown snakes, uh, all those red belly black snakes are kind of the worst. So I'll, I'll, I'll run with one of those. I don't really understand the question. I don't really either. I think, Thomas, but... I think sometimes that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Got me. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining the last question that pretty much everybody in the chat said is when are you coming back? Will you please come back? And can you be a regular? Those were multiple times we had chats Let's do asking it. us. So. I'm happy to. I'm happy to. This, is, this has been good fun. I appreciate I, you guys having me on. I have one other. Our okay. counterparts in Denver, we got a network like this in Denver, <laughs> mm-hmm. are going to Serbia uh, because of uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Can we come visit you in Australia? Sure. All right. Perfect. Come do it. We did it. All right. Perfect. I'll leave you out on the farm and let you fend for yourself. Put you to work. Take me yeah. on the side of that mountain where your high school was. Let's figure it out. I'm, I'm down. You wouldn't. You wouldn't last. Well, I need to lose the weight, so I was hoping I could do that. So. Oh my gosh! Fantastic! Thank you so much for joining us. No that was a really fun yeah. conversation. Uh, the chat thanks you as well. They've put a ton of. Honestly, if you're ever feeling down about yourself, go rewatch this and just look at all the comments. Yeah. I'll be honest. They hyped you up a lot. They love you and they're happy to have you out here. Appreciate so it, guys. We. Thank you. Um, before we say goodbye, two more ad reads, just real quick. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Again, you have to use the promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we want you to stay safe and healthy because the new NBA season is just around the corner. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, I'll always wreck the family. Rallying the